W-A-Y-L, St. Augustine. W-A-T-Y, Folkestone, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. This is Bible League International. In this season of giving, would you remember that 9 of 10 new believers in the regions of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America go without what's so basic to the Christian faith, and that is having a Bible. Everyone wants to read the Bible, but many of them will be sharing a single Bible. If you were among those numbers, you would pray that someone, anyone, would bring you a Bible. When I receive Bible from the church, and I really love to read and read it, read it again, and because of those readings, God is really blessing my heart. Truth Radio listeners, you have blessed 600 Bibleist believers around the world. Our goal is 1,200. We need to wrap up this week, so please, at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20, would you pray about it? And then make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at ilovethetruth.com. I've seen people being changed by reading the Scripture. Giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. In this final week, call 800-YES-WORD or give it ilovethetruth.com. All engines running, commit, liftoff. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Spot Radio. I'm Brad Sykes along with a special guest today. And uh, I can't wait to tell you who I've got in the studio with me. But uh, it's totally new surroundings. We've got Chris in the in the uh, in the production room, uh, so he's going to be leading us today. And uh, Chris, I'm not nervous at all. You got this. I know. Any if you're anything like your brother Jeremy, I know everything will go smoothly. <clears throat> but uh, glad you tuned in today. Uh, today is Friday, December eighth. I cannot believe it. We will have our good lineup of good Christmas music playing here in just a few minutes as we go into breaks and uh it's interesting uh usually uh we usually have guest thursday which yesterday doug had our <clears throat> longtime friend anthony johnson former jaguar running back in studio and uh i've in fact i've been so busy i haven't had a chance to go back and listen to that usually i i get a good download of that as my as i make my way into the studio on fridays and uh usually for those of you who are regular listeners on SWAT radio, you know, Fridays are the day that usually David Gray and I get in here and we work through the text that uh, we've been teaching through all week. And if you've been following along, following along this week, we've been in Mark chapter one, verses 29 through 39. I, uh, I got a call from David while I was at lunch saying he had something pop up and uh, wasn't going to be able to make it. So uh, I, uh, I just went deep into the well and brought a guest in that I'll just be honest. She's she, okay. She's the best looking guest we've ever had in studio. I have my lovely wife, Vicki in studio with me, you know, baby, all these people who've been tuning in over the last six, seven, I don't know, maybe eight years. I can't remember how long it's been. Have heard me talk about you all the time, but you've never been in here with me. What do you think? I, I'm kind of nervous, first of all. And second of all, um, I'm really excited to be in here with you, actually, to get to talk about things and just share some time together. And I think it'll be great. Yeah, you did say you wish there was a sofa in here. It'd be a little bit more comfortable. It would be right? a little, for someone who who talking in front of people is not their, their sweet spot, it would be really nice if this was like sofas and chairs and we were just kicked back having coffee that'd, okay. that'd be great she's totally lying she 
she she is very comfortable talking in front of people. That's you know that's what we do for a living. She's my you call me a liar. She's my wife of almost thirty eight years. Uh, we have raised five kids together. We are about to have our tenth grandchild any day. Uh, so if we have to leave like in the middle of this, we'll we'll you know Chris will take over from there. But we uh, honestly we just kind of a thrill to do this. Uh, I'm sorry David isn't here, but you are going to be my my most uh, the guest i'm most excited to interview i don't know if this will be as much an interview as it will be a conversation and uh but vicky is a former i won't go into it you were a a beauty queen you know getting put on the spot is you know i think you thrive in that so you never know when i might pop on you today i'm i'm a little nervous (laughs) (laughs) well i am thrilled to have you in with me today and and uh I'll tell you what led to me reaching out to you was, uh, as most of our listeners are familiar with, and you obviously listen from time to time, we usually take the first 15 minutes, our first segment, and talk about what's going on in the world. And uh, this morning, I I have a regular Friday morning group that I meet with uh, downtown in downtown Jacksonville, and it's called the Jacksonville Business Fellowship. It's a great group of people. And... uh, Anyway, I came out of that, and uh, Doug had sent me a text while I was in the Bible study, and uh, it was an article from Fox News Digital, and I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you, and I, I'm lay, I'm teeing this up so that our listeners know why I kind of reached out to you uh, <clears throat> in light of this article. I just thought, boy, this would be a not that we're gonna talk as much about the article because really what I read will cover pretty much everything, but maybe. Our conversation today will be a, a stark contrast to what this article talks about. Okay. Um, and again, you know, I, I, I literally two hours ago asked you if you'd do this, and you said, sure. Well, I don't know that you said sure, but you <laughs> reluctantly said sure. But uh, I, I, this was in, again, Fox News Digital came out today, and Doug sent it to me early this morning. The, the title of it is Dink couples receive mixed responses after flaunting child-free lifestyle on TikTok. So it just came out today. Now, I'll go ahead and read the article if you're not familiar with what Dink is. Uh, It's explained here. This is the article. Young couples opting out of parenthood are taking to the social media giant TikTok to celebrate the joys of child-free living. The term DINK, D-I-N-K, meaning dual income, no kids. I, to be honest, did not know what that meant until I read the article. Uh, Dual income, no kids refers to married couples or partners in a committed relationship who remain childless by choice for reasons like lifestyle preferences, personal freedom, and financial savings. The acronym has gone viral over the past month as millennial and Gen Gen Z couples flood the social media platform with TikToks, highlighting the financial benefits of not having kids, such as midday Costco runs. By the way, I kind of like midday Costco runs. Uh, Freedom to travel, spontaneous nights out, extra sleep, and more disposable income. In one viral video, a couple goes back and forth discussing the virtues of being dinks and some of the ensuing judgment they get as well. Quote, we're dinks, 
Of course, we're going to go out to eat every night after work, the man says, also saying he's going to go to every football game and play 18 holes of golf whenever he wants. We're dinks. We have disposable income to spend on whatever we would like and don't have to spend on a kid. The woman says, also adding, they'll be asked daily when they plan on having children. The Los Angeles Times first coined the term in 1987, but it was popularized in recent years due to the rising number of Americans opposing parenthood. In 2020, the U.S. hit a 40-year low in births with 3.6 million babies born. As of 2022, 43% of households were childless, a 7% increase from 2012, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. A 2021 Pew Research study found 44% of non-parents ages 18 to 49 say it's not likely or not likely at all they'll ever have kids. Of those unlikely to have kids, 56% said the reason was they just don't want to. 17% cited financial reasons, and 15% said it was due to not having a partner. Videos tagged hashtag dink, hashtag dinks, and hashtag dink life have over 400 and 25 million views across the video sharing app. Not all dinks are created equal, according to the people on TikTok. There, all, there, are, there are also dink wads, dual income with no kids, with a dog, <laughs> sinks, S-I-N-K-S, single income, no kids, and dink waz, double income, no kids, with a house. That just doesn't sound right, does it? <clears throat> uh, we're dinks. We get into snobby hobbies like skiing and golfing. Personal finance guru John Erringman said in a viral TikTok posted last week, his partner says, we can go to Florida on a whim. Well, come on. <laughs> uh, we get a full eight hours of sleep and sometimes more. They also joke they don't need kids as an excuse to leave a party. We just leave. Not everyone is on board with this trending lifestyle choice. However, as videos posted on Dink, Accounts are being met with equal amounts of criticism and praise in the comments. Sounds like they're trying to convince themselves. One commentator posted on a TikTok of one dink couple. Others have suggested, have said it suggests a vapid materialistic existence. Another famous critic also recently got in on the action. X or Twitter owner Elon Musk says this. There is an awful morality to those who deliberately have no kids. They are effectively demanding that other people's kids take care of them in their old age, he wrote. That's messed up. There's a little bit more to the article. We're going to take a break here in just a second. But I know I sent you the article. You probably read it. It's, it and, and let me just say this kind of up front. I realize there are people probably listening here who want kids. Right. And, you know, my heart breaks for those who want kids and are unable to have kids. That's not who we're talking about here. Right. Uh, what was your, I know you read the article, <laughs> kind of what, what grabbed your attention here? Yeah, I think so. The first thing is what you just said, that there are people out there who desperately want children and they can't have children. And so, you know, when you look at a couple in public and they're young and they don't have children, you know, making sure that you're not um, making the assumption that that's who they are. But when I think of a dink, my heart actually breaks. I think that it's incredibly sad, but honestly, I, I'm also not incredibly surprised that um, in, a, in a society where we've really removed God, 
um, there's nothing higher for people to aspire to. So, you know, in scripture, when it tells you that in the end days, people will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money, I think this is just really a very tangible example of that, where self is the highest priority. Self and satisfaction of self becomes the most important thing. And I think the the really hard part is that it may be too late when you realize that it was a vapid pursuit or that it was um, a waste of some really important years. Like I, I can't imagine, I loved being a mom. Like next to my relationship with Jesus and marrying you, being a mom was like the, the greatest thing ever. Um, and so it, it really does make me sad to see people pursuing, you know, I mean, a trip to Europe, that's awesome. Um, but you only have pictures, like your pictures aren't going to hug you when you're dying or they don't sit around your Thanksgiving table. So I, I it just, it makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, when I read the article, I saw it and, and the opportunity came up to, you know, have a, have a guest in studio, I thought. I can't think of anybody I'd rather have in here to talk about this particular issue because, and the issue we're talking about is, I think to your point, in the end days, in the end times, people will be lovers of self. And it, you're right. This is this is just manifest right here before us in this article. That uh, it, And the reality is, I know there's multiple reasons why people not may not have kids, and, and I'm, I want to be sympathetic to that. Absolutely. I want to be compassionate toward that, that maybe you grew up in a home that, you know, it wasn't a good experience. Exactly. And, uh, and again, as mentioned just a minute ago, you know, maybe it, having kids is something you want, but you're unable to, you know, and I'm sympathetic and compassionate toward that as well. Uh, but I want to get into today, we'll take a break here in just a minute, <clears throat> but I want to get into not, not. I don't want to elevate um, you or our family. That's absolutely not my effort here today. But I want to talk about the kind of the benefit or the blessing of having kids. And I think one of the things uh, that I'll kind of get into a little bit briefly is one of the unique things we do at each of the Bible studies, the SWAT Bible studies, is we, we say the Shema. Doug usually will lead us in the Shema. When we come back from the break, I'll read it. But we can kind of talk about that because I know you're familiar with it. I know we even used that text of Scripture out of Deuteronomy chapter 6 in leading our own home, our own family. And, uh, you know, you, you look back now, 38 years we've been married, and I look back and I think, yes, raising children was the greatest blessing um, that I've had the opportunity to do. And I want that to be an overflow of my life to other people. So here we are behind a mic, and I want people to hear what a blessing it is to raise a family and be committed to that. So we're going to take a quick break. Glad you tuned in. We are going to open the lines. If you want to call in, ask Vicki and I any questions about family or parenting, we are not the experts, but uh, the number is 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Arlington at 91.7. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Our heads are bobbing in studio. Oh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I know it's not for a lot of people. Um... It's uh what is it the most happy season? <laughs> I was thinking about parenting. Mm-hmm. It was a happy season, it right? It was a happy season. Uh, I, I know this this Christmas is uh a little I don't say bitter for us. <laughs> but it's different. It is different. Uh so any it, those of you who tune in from time to time uh, may know that uh uh Vic and I just got our last child married <clears throat> and uh <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, just got our last child, Hannah, married and uh, married a great guy, Caden. And uh, so we've got all five of our kids raised out of college and all married and all reproducing. <laughs> well, they're not all reproducing. Well, they're not yet. all reproducing yet, but uh, we, we've got a handful for sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was just realizing anyway, we alternate every year. So one year we get all our kids and grandkids for Thanksgiving. And then the next year we get them for Christmas and then we alternate back and forth. So we had all our kids and all our grandkids in for uh, Thanksgiving, which my wife did a phenomenal job of Thank you. hosting everybody. Thank you. And uh, in fact, you know, some of our listeners may know that I, from time to time, will read some of your posts and uh, uh, always enjoy not only reading those, but sharing and then hearing how people were impacted by what you had to write. You're, you're, <clears throat> you say you're nervous getting on the mic. You're definitely not nervous. You handle yourself very well. Oh, you're nice. <laughs> uh, but we, you know, one of the things we went into, I, I was mentioning the fact that um, at every Bible study we do within SWAT, we always recite the Shema out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. And the Shema gets its name from the first Hebrew word of the prayer. So it's it's kind of a prayer, and it's hear or listen, a, a translation of the Hebrew word Shema. That's what that is. And this prayer has been one of the most influential traditions in Jewish history, functioning both as the Jewish pledge of allegiance and a hymn of praise. And uh, in the opening section of Deuteronomy, where this famous prayer first appears, in fact, Moses is addressing the <clears throat> the new generation of Israel as they prepare to enter the promised land, and he's urging them to not repeat the mistakes of their parents 
generation, kind of wanting them to experience the full blessing of the promised land. But to do so, the people must learn to listen and love God fully above all else. So Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5, and this is the Shema that we repeat at the Bible studies. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And then verse 6, interesting, a couple of weeks ago, Doug asked me to teach, and I opened with those, obviously, we recited verse 4 and 5, but then I had him turn to this turn to this section of Scripture, and verse 6 says, And these words that I commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house. And on your gates. You know, these words are to be on their hearts, their lips, their hands, their feet, their mind, and even over their home. Uh, they were for a nation, but they're for us today. Mm-hmm. In fact, Doug was bringing this out this week in the teachings. And when you, when you see uh, Jesus after after casting a demon out in Caesarea, or not in Caesarea, in Capernaum. Uh, it says the scriptures say in Mark in uh, Mark chapter one, uh, verse twenty nine, that immediately he left and went into the house of Simon, uh, and it was his mother in law who was ill. It, it talked about the idea that our faith can't just be something that's contained within the four walls of a church. That that faith that we claim week after week, month after month has got to come into the home. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm just curious, and I know you and I have conversations even still today, and we're not raising kids, but, it, you know, this is kind of like Moses saying, hey, <laughs> from one generation to the next, and after reading that article, what you see that we just read is that there's a there's going to be a missing generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, what do you what do you think about that text? I know we've used it in the past. Well, I think what I see when I when I look at that text and, you know, obviously you know me, so you know that we homeschooled. And so for for me, it was sort of um, this call to to find those teachable moments in everything. So it, it didn't matter what we were doing. There was always an opportunity to teach and to share. And I think what I love is that, that it says – um, these words I command you shall be on your heart. I think because when I first, and and I think this is probably true of a lot of parents, so I'm just going to confess. I think when I first started in that parenting journey, as much as I would say that I wanted to um, parent to the glory of God, I think initially I was parenting to the glory of Vicky, mm. And so it, I would say, hey, I just want my children to obey because I want them to know God and to follow his principles. When when I kind of unwound the weeds in my heart, started to realize, no, really what I want is for them to obey so that I look good to the other to my other Christian friends. So it's a in, it, in other words, you're parenting for the reflection uh, of you know, me. Yeah. Not yeah. of God. Yeah. And so I think that was that was you know sort of a, a turning point 
is to understand, hey, look, I'm I'm parenting hearts. I'm trying to shape hearts. And that's a different thing than trying to control behavior. Ooh, yeah. And so I think that's that's for me, I think something that's really important and yeah. I that I would want parents to know yeah, is we- Go ahead. Well, I was thinking about the book. Uh, I think it's I, I think it's a trip book, uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart. I remember reading that book with you and <laughs> having to confess a lot of the things you just shared. By the way, we've got a caller. I want to take that call real quick. Austin, are you on the line? Yes, sir, I am. How are you guys doing? Good, brother. How you doing? I'm doing very good. Um, Vicky, it's so great to have you on, and you, you as well, Brad. I always love uh, listening to what you have to say, and um, I guess just first off the bat, I mean, you, you said that, you know, you guys aren't um, are professionals at this or well, but I mean, with five kids and raising them up godly, um, where, where they both have, or all five of them in, in godly relationships, um, with me starting off as we just had our fourth baby two, two days, three days Congratulations. ago. Congratulations. Um, but how, how, thank you so much. How, how do you... Um, I know there's not one one specific answer, but Vicky, you kind of led on to it about you know you know doing things for yourself versus for them. But man, speaking that they are our primary disciples, how do you like just speak about that a little bit and step into that? Absolutely. Um, I think you have. I think it requires a very deep prayer life, and I think it requires an understanding that. You're not doing what you're doing for the pleasure of other people. And I think in a world right now where we're constantly comparing ourselves to people, it's harder and harder to do that. So, for instance, when we homeschooled, my, I'm, let, me go, let me go to this. I think this is easier. Scripture tells us as parents not to exasperate our children because they become discouraged. And I think, and this may be a slightly controversial thing to say, but I think a lot of parents in my generation, like you see a lot of comedy now about, hey, I was raised in the 90s with 90s Christianity. Um, I think a lot of what we did was exasperate our children as opposed to gently guiding them. And so I saw somebody give this example and And what they did is they said, when your children are little, look at your hand, Austin, and make a fist. So when your children are little, you're parenting them like this with a closed hand very tightly because they are not ready to make independent decisions. They're not capable. And as they grow, what you're doing is you're slowly loosening that grip and your hand is opening and opening and opening until you can let them go on their own. And that's your goal. Your goal is to train kind of incrementally, giving them rope, giving them rope, giving them rope, and allowing them to fall. I think one of the hardest things as a parent is watching your child fall or make mistakes. But I think sometimes that is as good a teacher as you creating a cage around them that does not allow them to make some mistakes. But you just have to have the wisdom to know at what stage they are. Does that make sense? Oh, most definitely. It even brings to mind um, when Joby speaks about uh, helicopter parenting and, you know, uh, coming in and kind of paving the way and, and scooping them up and, um, you know, but we're, 
as I see it now, we're just called to be there for them, you know, for them to be loved. That's their first primary role is just to be loved. And to to know that you love them regardless. And so, you know, what's interesting, Austin, is that my generation was the helicopter parent. Your generation's what they call snowplow parents. That those are parents yeah, who yeah. just push everything that could cause trouble for their children out of the way. And that doesn't create a healthy human. Yeah. Hey, Austin, I wanted to share uh, Psalm 127.1. You're probably familiar with it. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Two verses later, Psalm 127.3, another section that many of our listeners are familiar with. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. So, I mean, I don't want to get into teaching, but they're, they're, who are they from? They're from God. The fruit, I love this, the fruit of the womb, a reward. And then it says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. I heard it said one time, that if you've got a quiver full of arrows and you reach for one of those arrows, what's the purpose in firing an arrow off? You know, you, you think about, I'm not a bow hunter, although I've got a son-in-law who loves to bow hunt. How important when you're bow hunting is the, the, the straightness of that arrow? How important is the, the tip of that arrow? How important are the, whatever they are, the feathers on the end? I always think of them as feathers. The idea is that when you draw that bow back and you're going to fire that arrow, you want that arrow to hit the target with maximum impact. Now, what if we trained our children like that? So, uh, Austin, we're going to take a break. I'm so glad you tuned in. Do you mind? We'll just keep talking about this when we come back, okay? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, chat it up, man. I appreciate it. You bet. Good to hear from you. Hey, if you want to call, we'd love to take your calls, 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. You can also email me if you have a question, brad at swatradio.com. That's B-R-A-D at swatradio.com. Stay tuned. We will be right back. SRN News. I'm John Scott. The nation's employers added 199,000 jobs last month. Heritage Foundation public finance economist E.J. Antony tells the Salem Radio Network there are a couple of reasons for November's job gains. One is the fact that so many people returning from strikes added about 50,000 jobs to that headline number, and another 50,000 jobs are government jobs. Antony says while there were Thousands of full-time jobs created in November. It's not the beginning of a trend. As you start stretching uh, uh, you know, that, that time series back, in other words, as you start looking at data for more and more months, what you find is that that has not been the trend, and we have a long way to go to make up all that lost ground. The economist E.J. Antony. Also at SRNews.com, a woman has been arrested in Atlanta, accused of trying to burn down the historic birthplace of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. Jackie Quinn has more. 
Witnesses tell local media they spotted the 26-year-old woman on the front porch of the historic home Thursday evening, dressed in all black, holding a red gasoline can, dousing the building with the liquid. A tourist from Utah, Zach Kempf, told reporters they asked the woman what she was doing, and she picked up a lighter. So they blocked her from getting back to the building and detained her until police arrived. Police say these tourists saved a jewel of the city, the birthplace of Dr. King. The woman is charged with second-degree attempted arson. I'm Jackie Quinn. A court hearing underway in suburban Detroit as a judge hears from families and surviving victims of the Oxford school shooting in 2021. Shooter Ethan Crumley could be sentenced to life in prison. The Dow ahead 81 points and the Nasdaq up 36 points. This is SRN News. This is Bible League International. In this season of giving, would you remember that 9 of 10 new believers in the regions of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America go without what's so basic to the Christian faith, and that is having a Bible. Everyone wants to read the Bible, but many of them will be sharing a single Bible. If you were among those numbers, you would pray that someone, anyone, would bring you a Bible. When I receive Bible from the church, and I really love to read and read it, read it again, and because of those reading, God is really blessing my heart. Truth Radio listeners, you have blessed 600 Bibleist believers around the world. Our goal is 1,200. We need to wrap up this week, so please, at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20, would you pray about it? And then make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at ilovethetruth.com. I've seen people being changed by reading the Scripture. Giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. In this final week, call 800-YES-WORD or give at ilovethetruth.com. Stop and go traffic eastbound on Butler Boulevard. It's backed up between Hodges and just past 295. It's going to add about 12 extra minutes to your drive this morning. And if you see anything else, give us a call. That's 901-7233. Planning an overcast day, the high 71, cloudy tonight, 60 will be the low right now. It's 54 degrees. Said the night went to the little land. Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little land. Do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big as. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad sitting, Sykes here. Sitting, I'm so used to saying sitting alongside Doug McCary, uh, but I'm not sitting alongside Doug McCary. I'm sitting alongside my beautiful wife of 38 years and mother of our five children, grandmother of 10, soon to be 10, Lord willing, any day, and uh, uh, commonly known as OG. Call her OG. Which is kind of uh, funny. It is kind of funny. Yeah, Vicky's originally from Chicago, and uh, her father, who passed a few years ago, if you saw him, he looked like a gangster. I mean, if there was this view of a gangster, he would probably, uh, you know, fit the fit the mold. 
So, I, I definitely look like the original gangster. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, I was going to say, I need to post on social media to let people really get a look at you. Uh, Austin, thank you for calling. It's such a good call. And, uh, you know, there's a there's an excitement when I hear somebody like Austin call with four kids, young, you know, because we can go back to there. Yeah, now, for sure. we're not going to sit here and tell you there weren't some painful times, right? right? Or that we did it all. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> or there's say, nothing that we wouldn't go back and do differently. Oh, my word. I mean, that's one of the things. I know Doug and I talk about it a lot. You know, we don't stand, sit behind these mics as no. if we've got the answer. Or, uh, well, we do have the answer. We have God's word. And, you know, we're told in Scripture that we have all we need for life and godliness. But the reality is we made mistakes big time. And I think, you know, um, I appreciate you saying what you said earlier uh, when you were talking about uh, there's some serious um, um, kind of mining of your own heart. Right. What What is my motivation? I mean, I, I use that uh, verse out of Psalms 127. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Other translations say children are a blessing from the Lord. And I would be the first one to say amen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fruit of the womb is a reward. Mm-hmm. Well, who's it a reward for? <laughs> Uh, it's a reward for us as parents. Mm-hmm. It's a reward for the Lord. Uh, but remembering that the blessing is from God. Right. And so we are simply stewards of that. Right. And I think, you know, to Austin's point, and maybe his question is, we don't, you know, how did you do it? How, five kids, all that. And let me tell you, there were a lot of landmines along the way that blew up in us, you know, and uh, it required some serious uh examining of our own hearts what is what's motivating me to do this whether it's lashing out in anger uh which will happen right Right. anybody listening who has kids can testify that's a reality Uh, they will push you i've said this before and i remember saying it years ago uh outside apart from god's word and god's spirit you my wife have been the greatest instrument in the hands of god to shape and mold me into Christ-likeness. I'm far from it, but God has used you. On top of that, he has used my children right. to shape. And would, would you agree with that? Yeah, I totally would agree with that. I think, it, you know, one of the things, too, that people will say to me sometimes, like if we're talking about homeschooling, for instance, is, oh, I could never do that. By the way, let me interject something. Sure. We, we were a homeschool family. Right. Homeschooling is not for everybody. No. Would you agree? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm not saying that. Um, but when people say I couldn't, I could never do that. I think my thought always was, well, no, you, you can't, but God will use those weaknesses, those, and, and your children to conform you to his character. And so I think that's it. I also though, I think, you know, Austin, I just kind of want to go back to one of the things Austin asked and, and as I kind of look backwards, I think one of the things that was always dependable, Austin, was Brad was steadfast. Like I knew that no matter what was happening, I could count on Brad. And he, uh, whether it was lead a devotional or things are going sideways in the home and somebody needed to straighten it out. Brad was faithful and steadfast and loved me well, even on during periods maybe where I wasn't so lovable. I think that our children really had the ability to depend on something steady. 
And I know that's not always the circumstances for everybody out there. So I feel very blessed that that was what I had. And I would just encourage men to, to really model that steadfastness in their home. Our children always, every day, saw Brad pray over me before he left for work. And I think that also was a very, it, it, um, it gave them a sense of security that no matter what was going on, dad was there and he was, um, he could be depended on. And I, I think that was, a, you know, sometimes a blessing that I don't even, that maybe I've taken for granted. Um, on occasion, you know, thinking everybody has it that good. Well, and I think a lot of what we, uh, I mean, I think parenting, and again, we're speaking as parents now, yeah. uh, as having raised five kids now, all married off. And and yes, Austin, to the glory of God, they have married uh, people who love Christ. And, uh, and they're going to go through hard times. Yeah. I mean, we all know people who have, you know, been... Uh, they've kind of done all the right things. Yeah. And yet sometimes that next generation of kids, you look at and go, what happened? Right. You know? And so we're not in no way would we say, Hey, this is the ticket. You know, it's like we, we, people love to use that verse, train up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he won't depart from it. Well, <laughs> that can be taken out of context a lot of times. Sure. And uh, I mean, we, we can talk about that verse, but the reality is, uh, we're learning as we go. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it, it'd be like trying to fly an airplane, having never flown an airplane before. I'd never parented before. Austin, you never parent. You never parented before. So you're in the midst of it. Now God has given us His Word, and there's an element, and that's why I think the Shema is such an important part of this. That it's to be on our hearts, our minds, uh, on our feet, our hands over the door. It, it's to it's to get into every nook and crevice of your life. And it's a surrendering. We even talked about it this week at SWAT was this idea of surrendering um, every aspect of it. I think that's the sad thing about the article that we read to, to lead it off is the dinks, the uh, dual income, no kids, is it's a complete self-consumption. Just, uh, just consume all that it can get. Mm -hmm. Little do they realize is that those children, if you're faithful over time, they're going to be some hard times for sure, uh, but they will. God will use those to transform your life if you let him, you oh, know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think, you know, too, when I going back to the dinks, there's this part of me, I'm, I'm sort of innately curious and I'm like, what happened? Like, who raised them? What was mm -hmm. that environment like? That didn't happen in a vacuum. What did they see? What did they experience? It's those are always things that I'm curious about. Mm -hmm. But to your point earlier, it, it isn't it, it isn't formulative. Like there's not this formula. I think that um, we want a formula. Well, I right. well, I desperately wanted a formula, and I think that it's when you keep the heart the central point, and remember that your children will make mistakes because you, on a daily basis, make mistakes. It allows you to parent from a point of grace. Um, it doesn't mean you don't give direction. Absolutely, you give direction. You give instruction. You guide. You do all those things that a good parent does. But um, you just you, you parent from this place of understanding that that mistakes are going to happen, and and nobody's finished. I mean, at <laughs> the age I'm at, I'm still not finished growing. And so, what would I expect a 14 year old to do? Um, they're 14, so. 
I think that's I think that's important. I want to get back to talking about that. We were on the break talking about the that Psalm one twenty seven three or Psalm one twenty seven like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Yep. Uh, obviously, SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth. And when I think about a warrior whose quiver is full of arrows, uh, you're gonna you're gonna the point is to fire off those arrows. You right. Know? And uh, they are they're they're battle. You, you, we're in a battle, mm-hmm. in other words. And the, the goal is to pull those arrows out at some point and fire them off right and but preparing those arrows is what we're here to do while they're at home while the kids are at home right and i think we're talking in like the figurative but each arrow is going to probably be aimed at a different target so you know your children well like if you were in our house our children are very different (laughs) from each other we have athletes and entrepreneurs and poets, and they're just very different from one another. And so firing them in the direction they're supposed to go. But for that arrow to fly straight, I don't know the technical term for those feathers on the back, but those are the things that obviously guide the arrow. So what we wanted our children to know is we wanted them to know who God was. Like theologically, who is God? We wanted them to understand sin. We wanted them to understand who they were, and we wanted them to understand what the world was all about. And so with firm understanding there, your chances of them flying straight may increase. Again, not a formula. Definitely not well, a formula. I mean, we can talk about practical things, I think, that we we did, and there are things that really were incredibly rewarding for us. And I miss those days. I really do. But we're going to take one more break. Love to hear from you. Call us, 844-777-7928. I was going to say, if they have any questions for Vicki, please call. Uh, <laughs> she's the answer person. 844-777-SWAT. 844-777-SWAT. Love to hear from you. Call us. We'll be right back after the break. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network. Listen in Orange Park at 91.7. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let us receive the King. Let every heart be
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes sitting alongside my best friend, my partner in life, Vicki Sykes. So hey glad there. you came in. I am too. It goes quick, doesn't it? It you does. Know? It's kind of, I. this is kind of funny, but it makes me think of the VeggieTale line. Because, you know, I said at the beginning I was really nervous. And that's not a lie. I was very, very nervous. But it's a little damp, but not so scary. <laughs> is kind of what I'm thinking now. Um, it's not so bad. Not so bad. Right? Not so bad. Yeah. Well, uh, I wasn't. Did we have a call or not? We didn't have a call. Okay. Okay. So I didn't totally understand. I'm looking at Chris over there going <laughs> a little sign language. We can't hear each other, but uh, well, he can hear me. Can't hear him. Um, so anyway, uh, back to we were talking about arrows. You know that I think that's a good analogy that when you think about children, you know, I just think, and we let off this this broadcast today reading an article from fox news digital about dinks d-i-n-k uh dual income no kids and this i mean the statistics were just amazing right um i'll see if i can see those again but uh just that it says in 2020 the u.s hit a 40-year low in births with 3.6 million babies born as of 2022 43% of households were childless, a 7% increase from 2012, according to the U.S. Census. A 2021 Pew Research study found 44% of non-parents ages 18 to 49 said it's not too likely or not likely at all they'll ever have kids. And I'm with you, Vicki. I thought, how did they come to that decision? I, I still remember when you and I were dating and doing, you know, counseling before we got married you know those questions about children and i think i i think we had this idea we were going to have two kids you know right well i (laughs) yeah for sure i mean i think when we when we met i was like career-minded and not that there's anything wrong with careers but then i had we had our first child and i was like this is what i was made to do and um you know i i just i Again, I loved being a mother. I, it, it never, I never thought that I was missing anything. Hmm. Um, and, um, and that's not to say anything against a woman who chooses to work. It's, that's totally her prerogative. It's just for me, I loved being there every minute. I loved, I loved everything about it. Um, and so, um, you know, dual income, I, I, you know, but then again, I wonder sometimes about statistics too. So I'm like, how many people are really not having children or choosing not to have children? And why? Is it just money? Is it just travel? Is it just social media influence and making sure you can post a picture from Lake Como or like, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's... um and I don't know if there's words to describe how great parenting is. And again, I say that it was great for us. Mm-hmm. And I realize other people have had a lot of hardship. Sure. We have certainly had some hardship sure. uh, over 35 years of raising kids. And uh, we've even had to hardship just in the last year or so uh, with one of our grandkids right. with health challenges. Right. And those definitely cause you to go, man, do we really want to do this again? Do we want to have more kids? Of course, we had five. And I look back now, and I would add ten. I, yeah. I know you may not agree with me, but no, I, I well, I definitely would. But I think that I want to speak a word of encouragement, though, to all the young people who may be listening. 
And that is that as we look at the world right now, it looks like it's on fire. And I think perhaps that some people are choosing not to have children because they're concerned about the world into which they're bringing children. And I would encourage you, have children. Raise God-fearing children who lead well because your time of birth was not an accident. So the time during which you would have children was not an accident either. A sovereign God has planted you at this time with the children you have or the children you will have, and he will use you and he will use them. You just have to be willing. Um, he is sovereign. You, you're not an accident and the children you have will not be accidents either. That's a good word. It's a good word. I think, you know, when, when, uh, when I kind of had this idea of having you in, we could talk for a long time about parenting. We could talk about marriage. Um, and again, we don't sit here like we're the model family or the model marriage. Uh, I don't know a marriage better than ours. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not, that doesn't, that may come off as arrogant. I don't really know a marriage better than ours, but I was able, I watched that in my own parents. Uh, they had a very faithful marriage. My dad was a very quiet man who may be even listening to us now. He was a very humble leader. I never once, I, and I, this is no joke. This is not a lie. I never once saw him lose his cool. Mm. Uh, that doesn't mean he wasn't losing his cool maybe inside, but it never came out. It was never on display. I can't say that for me. You, one, one of the tough things about having your wife in studio, you can't lie. <laughs> I got to be honest. Right. I, you know, there are times when I've lost my cool and it's as a parent and we can speak to this as a husband, we can speak to this as a wife, we can speak to it as a father and as a mother. You're going to make mistakes. Absolutely. We're, we're going we're gonna to make mistakes every single day. But those are opportunities for us to repent. Right. To repent first to the Lord. Correct. And then to seek forgiveness with our kids. Absolutely. Um, I mean, maybe you can speak to that and the importance of that because I think that's a struggle for a generation that, and especially for men, is we're very prideful. Right. Uh, we may know we made a mistake, but if I admit that I made a mistake, that shows some sense of weakness when I think it's actually quite the opposite. Yeah, I think it makes you more trustworthy when you can admit, I mean, in the world, look around, don't you just wish people would say, hey, you know what, we got that wrong. Um, I think that children are not um, stupid. They watch you. They know just they know when you're doing something wrong. You're not hiding it from them. And I think it is super helpful to say to them, hey, look, mom or dad, we made a mistake there. I don't think it makes your children scared. I think it makes them rely on you more. I think it makes them trust you more because they know that you're uh, not afraid to admit a mistake. It also makes it a safer place for them to come to you when they've made a mistake. And so I think those that's incredibly important. Being able to apologize. And and I think, you know, I, a lot of people always kind of want to look back at their parents and be like, I'm the way I am because of my parents. And I just feel like there is benefit for sure in understanding what brought you to the place that you're that you're in. But again, I think grace covers that. And and that's the best place for you to be is to, to be able to offer grace if you've been hurt by a parent, to be able to offer them grace because they got there somehow also and it's a never-ending cycle if we're just continuing to look back and look back and look back and look back it never ends like we have to go back to adam and eve right 
Yeah. So you're saying playing the victim. Yeah, playing like, the victim. Um, it, and, and that doesn't mean I don't think that you shouldn't look and say why, how, why, how does how I was parented impact how I'm parenting? I I think for me that was very helpful because I did not grow up in the kind of household that you grew up in. Um, and so a lot of uh, that need for perfectionism, that need to always be right, um, it did stem from how I was raised. And and confronting that in myself um, was incredibly important to me becoming a better parent. But it didn't. I didn't have to go to a parent and say, "You did this to me." Yeah. Like I. But otherwise, the gospel. What's the has, point? Li- has no power. No power. Right. Right. And the power there is power in in being able to see where you came from and offering forgiveness and grace because they did the best they could too. Yeah. I uh, was thinking about um, just disciplining. You know, I think it's another thing that we've seen in a, in a generation is that, you know, the whole, I don't want to get into the discussion about spanking or things like that, but it's almost as if to say there's a generation that's just kind of hands off. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to, like they're fragile. I still remember the first time when after Sarah, our oldest, was born, and the doctor, Doctor Tom Strama, came. Was that his name? Yeah. Strama, yeah, came in and Ragdoll. And I, I remember holding this child. That you know, again, it's your first child. I remember holding Sarah like she was breakable. You know, and and I'm obviously it's a physical sense. He comes in, the doctor comes in. I mean, literally grabs her by one leg, picks <laughs> her up. And, it's like he's looking at a toy. Pretty much. And it was a great, you know, you know, picture for me that she's not breakable. Right. But in the same way, uh, I think when it comes to disciplining, when we see our kids beginning to show tendencies of going astray, mm-hmm. what is the importance of disciplining them? And, uh, you know, I think that— Well, if you uh, love them, you discipline them. Well, right. I was thinking about Hebrews twelve eleven. Uh, for the moment, all discipline seems painful. Right rather than pleasant. By the way, that pain can be on the parent too, not just For on sure. the child. I, I think some of the most painful discipline was me having to discipline our own children. Right. Uh, but it says, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Right. You know, the importance of discipline, building some, some routine and some discipline into our family life. For sure. How, how, t- speak to that, just uh, kind of what we did as a family. Uh, again, not to say that this is the formula. There is no formula we don't believe, but I do think God gives us his word and we should diligently be in that with them. Yeah, I think some of the things that we did, um, we did the we did a daily devotional. One of my favorites still to this day is Morning and Evening by Charles Spurgeon. Um, you would think that that language would be difficult for children uh, it led to some of the best conversations around a dinner table. We did eat dinner around the dinner table. Um, we we had we had what we would call sort of this safe space as the children got older, which was if you need to talk about something, we go into the bathroom and I will listen and I will offer advice when invited in. Um, but it was just a place for them to be able to unburden. Um, no judgment zone type thing? Or? Really more of a no judgment zone. It was very almost never about them. It was things that had happened with a friend or whatever. And it would just uh, be a place for them to kind of unburden knowing that I was we were just going to listen. 
Well, that's it, and we're going to wrap up here. But I was thinking how important that, that I was thinking how important that is that your kids know you, you were a kid too. Absolutely. And that while a generation that is on devices all the time, and I think we can talk about that too, not today, but you know, just the importance of knowing they have a safe place to come to yep. is so, so critical. Thanks for having Babe. me. Oh, good to have you. By the way, uh, happy anniversary to Doug and Lori. Oh, celebrating, happy anniversary, guys. Celebrating 40 years oh, wow. uh, on Sunday. We're almost there. I know. We're only a couple of years behind them, but... Uh, Doug, Lori, love you guys. Happy anniversary. Austin, thank you for your call today. And uh, go check out SWATradio.com. Love to have you in person. Click on the meetings tab and you can see where we meet week after week. Love to, love to have you come in person. See you next week.